Well, good evening, everybody. Welcome to the live Father Heart TV webcast. As you can see from the screen and as you can see from the comments, it's just me tonight. Barry is on his way to the airport in Toronto and getting a flight to Finland where he's going to be for the next uh, week or so. So just remember him. He's got a couple of conferences and, and other things going on over the next few days. So just remember him in your prayers over the next uh, week or so. I'm sure he'd really appreciate that. He's got a long wait at the airport tonight, long check-in time, um, or this afternoon for him. Uh, so he's given himself plenty of time there to make sure he gets through all the COVID checks and everything else. So um, Barry, we bless you and we send you on your way um, with great joy and uh, trust you have a good time. Um, so yeah, just me. Um, next week, um, there won't be a webcast because Barry's in Finland and I leave uh, on Saturday to go to Uganda. So I'll be in Uganda all of next week working at Motomioni with Ingrid and her team, her staff there, just encouraging them um, and just spending some time with them. So I'm really looking forward to being there. I haven't been there for three years. I was in Motomioni um in february march 2019 was the last time and uh really missed it over the last couple of years so very much looking forward to being back um next week i actually get there on sunday morning i've got an overnight flight on saturday and arrive in entebbe at about seven o'clock half past seven in the morning hope my driver will be there to take me to motomioni should be there by lunchtime and then we start the, the program on, on Monday morning. So really value your prayers um, for you know, safe travels, um, health, and just to be able to share something of life with the, the team at Motomioni. Really, really looking forward to that. Um, so next week, next Wednesday, there won't be a webcast, but two weeks today, the boys will be back. Uh, Barry will be back from Finland, I'll be back from Uganda and we'll both be here um, two weeks time. So if you, if, you, if you feel like Wednesday nights are not the same without us, there's a whole archive of material on the website, uh, you.com, and you can pick one of the topics and uh, maybe just watch it again. Why not, eh? So, this evening... Um, talking about hindrances to receiving comfort. You know, um, comfort is something we, we talk a lot about, something I talk a lot about on, on the webcast, and it's really something that's on my heart for this season. Um, and I often talk about it, I've written a booklet on it, uh, which is available on Amazon, and I really do believe it's something uh, so um, important for us. Um, but tonight I just want to take some time to look at some of the hindrances to being comforted um, because sometimes these things get in the way uh, well not sometimes they always get in the way and uh, sometimes we don't recognize them as being a blockage to us receiving comfort you know a comforted heart is a free heart and the Father longs for us to be free. He really wants us to be free. He wants our hearts to be free and he wants us to live in that place of, of rest and peace with him. And we can only truly do that when our heart has been comforted. And, you know, if you want to uh, look at the whole subject of comfort in more detail, on, on my website there's, there's plenty of talks. There's a series of three uh, talks about comfort um, and really just talking about how we can how we need comfort and how we can receive comfort and how we can go on receiving comfort because the more comfort we receive uh, the freer our heart becomes the stronger our heart becomes we live from a that we live from a strong heart a comforted heart is is a strong it's a safe heart and uh, as you know, I, if you've heard me talk about this before, you, you, you've heard me say how we need to be comforted even when we don't think we need to be comforted. Because it's in those times when we feel we don't need it that we can actually build up a reservoir 
of comfort inside of us that carries us through those times when we've been hit or we're struggling or or even it enables us to comfort other people with the comfort we've received and so for me it's just such a big thing um i don't you know i don't even like to call it a topic because to talk about comfort as a topic kind of implies it's intellectual but it's not it's a heart experience and the father wants us to be comforted and to go on being comforted so that our heart is free our heart is strong and we can share that comfort with with other people but tonight i just want to take a little bit of time to look at what are the hindrances that um prevent us from being comforted what are the hindrances that prevent us receiving comfort and i don't want this to be a negative thing right i don't want us to look at hindrances and blockages and for us to go oh you know i want us to come to a place where we can hold these hindrances in our hands and bring them to the father and say father this is something i know i struggle with i give it to you will you take it away in order that i may be comforted so you know, even as we talk about this tonight and we talk about hindrances, I'm actually really talking about freedom because I'm talking about getting rid of these things. And I want you, even as I'm talking, I just want you to give these to the Father and let him wash them away, even as this session goes on, so that you can be comforted. Yeah, you know, I, I was doing a meeting the other day, a couple of weeks ago, and I was talking in a church and I was talking about comfort and even as i was speaking i was just looking around the room and i could see people just crying because in that moment even as they were listening to the words the father was coming to them and he was comforting them and it's just so precious to see and so tonight as i were looking at hindrances it's kind of a negative word it's not a negative subject because this is all about freedom this is about our freedom and um you know you, you've heard me me say many times this is this is the definition of comfort this is what comfort is you see comfort is it's a powerful expression of love there are there are many different expressions of love you know that we love our kids differently to the way we love our football team you know we, we love our our wife differently to the way we love pizza you know it's one word but so many different expressions and comfort is is one expression of love it's a powerful expression of love that reaches into the depths of our heart and this is what the dictionary says comfort brings relief from pain distress or affliction it satisfies and strengthens within it provides a sense of well-being and of quiet enjoyment you know and i just ask the question is that us is that what our life looks like do we know that there is a place we can go to a person we can go to an expression of love we can go to that relieves the pain and the distress and the affliction we feel in our hearts do we know there's a person we can go to who satisfies and strengthens us within who provides that sense of well-being and quiet enjoyment you know that that last little those last couple of, of phrases to me they really talk about someone who is content someone who is deeply satisfied someone whose heart has come to a place of peace and a place of rest and so you know that's that's kind of like how i like to define comfort it's this powerful expression of love that brings relief from the pain that we feel the, the struggles we go through and it satisfies us you know there's very there's very little that satisfies us but comfort satisfies us and it strengthens us internally and we come to that place of rest i believe it's so important for us to come to that place of rest 
So that's comfort, and, and I just pray as we go through this session that you will receive that, that the Father will pour his comforting love into your heart. And even as we go through these, these next moments, you will feel things lift off you. You will feel pain, distress or affliction lift off you and you will feel that liquid contentment flowing into your heart. You see, I, I don't think there's many of us that can say we are truly content. But the more we are comforted, the more we can find that place of quiet enjoyment, we shall be comforted we shall be free our heart will be set free and that's my prayer for us today that those people watching this live those people who watch it later on that freedom will come to our hearts it was for freedom that Christ set us free and so my prayer today is that you will be set free by the power of the Holy Spirit by the power of the Father's comforting love uh, even as we just go through this, this short time together. So the first hindrance I want to look at is really the orphan heart. Because the orphan heart is the root of an uncomforted heart. You know, if you think back to the, the story of Adam and, and his wife in the garden, when they were made by God the Father... Sin didn't exist. You know, Adam was was um, created out of that pile of dust, and he opened his eyes and he experienced perfect love. There was no sin, there was no fear, there was no distress in the world, and uh, everything. You know, he was at peace. And then his wife was created by God the Father, taking a rib out of his side. And, you know, we read that they were set to work in the garden in, and they were told to be fruitful and multiply. They were blessed. You know, they lived in a totally comforted state. And that's all they knew. And then, of course, in, in the fall, they were tricked by Satan to step outside of that comfort zone. <laughs> you know, people tell us to get outside of our comfort zone. I say, no, 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 no. Stay in your comfort zone. It's a place of safety. It's a place of security. But Adam and his wife stepped out of that place of love. They stepped out of that environment and they chose to, 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 to walk um, you know, according to the ways of the prince of the power of the air, we're told. They, they followed the father of lies. And you know, we know that Satan is the ultimate orphan because he'd stepped out of that environment of love and he'd chosen, he'd said, I will, I will, I will, I will. You know, in Isaiah 14, I will become like the Most High. He wanted God's place for himself. He wanted to be a father. And he became the father. He became the father of lies. But he became, in that moment of rebellion, the ultimate orphan. And he tricks Adam and his wife and he leads them into, you know, orphan ways. It's not, you know, their, their heart became devoid of love. That's what an orphan is. It's, it's, it's a heart that is, is empty of love. And in, in choosing to live independently, they stepped outside of love. We see a, a brilliant definition of an orphan in Genesis uh, chapter 5, the story of Cain and Abel, where Cain kills his brother and God comes to him and says, Cain, where's your brother? Now, you see, it's not as if God didn't know what had happened, but of course he knew. But he says, Cain, where's your brother? And, and Cain's response is just like Adam's response. What? I don't know. Nothing to do with me. I'm not my brother's keeper. You know, and of course he knew. He'd killed his brother. He knew exactly what had happened, but he denies it like Adam did. You know, it wasn't me. It was that woman you gave me. And what's more, it's the woman, you know, you gave me. It wasn't me, but it was you, God. It's your fault. And Cain does the same thing. And God says to Cain, Cain, 
because of what you've done, you will become a restless wanderer on the face of the earth. Now, isn't that so tragic? You know, a restless wanderer. No name, no identity, no self-worth, no place to call home. Cain was going to have to do everything through his own striving, through his own effort, and it was going to be tough. You see, and that is such a good definition of an orphan, a restless wanderer. And how many of us, we know that our heart is restless, don't we? We can feel that restlessness inside of us. And, you know, we're wandering around, we're trying to make a name for ourselves, we're trying to find an identity, we're trying to make something happen. You know, and we like to punish ourselves, to try and make it happen. You know, anything we do is never good enough. So we beat ourselves up in order to try and make ourselves do more. And so this is this is what an orphan is like. And this is this is one of the um, biggest hindrances to being comforted is the orphan heart within us. See, Jesus says in John chapter 14, he said, I'm going to my father. And in John 14, verse 18, he says, I will not leave you as orphans. But actually, some of the translations say, I will not leave you comfortless. And that just shows the um, intense integration, if you like, of an orphan and being without comfort. You know, Jesus says, I'm not going to leave you comfortless. I will come to you. I will send another comforter, another counsellor, another comforter to be with you forever. And that's the wonderful thing, folks. And we have another comforter who is with us to remind us that we are not orphans. See, in Galatians and Romans, Paul writes, you know, we have the spirit of sonship, the Holy Spirit of sonship. The other comforter is inside of us, enabling us to cry, Abba, God, you really are my father. See, the Holy Spirit is the Holy Spirit of sonship. And the Holy Spirit is the other comforter that the Father promised us through Jesus. And that other comforter that comes and lives in us and reminds us, constantly reminds us that we're no longer orphans, but we're sons and we're daughters. And so I just want to say to you today that, you know, and all of us struggle to some extent, to some degree, all of us struggle with the orphan heart. And I just want to encourage you to keep on going back to the Father, to keep on going to the Father and saying, Father, I need to be comforted. I need the Holy Spirit to remind me that I'm no longer an orphan. And I would just encourage you to cry out to the Holy Spirit and say, Holy Spirit, fill me again. Fill me again with that knowledge that you are the, the other comforter that Jesus promised. Will you come now and Fill me with that comfort. Enable my heart. You see, this is the point. Enable my heart to cry, Abba. Enable my heart to cry, Abba. See, that brings our heart home. That's what brings us home. And we know the story so well of um, the lost son. You know, he walked out of his father's love. He ran away from it. He chose not to stay in that place of love, in that place of comfort, in that place of provision. And he chose to live life on his own. But one day he gets this realisation, I suppose, that his father's servants are better off than he is. And so he says, I will go home. I won't be a son. I'm not worthy to be a son. But I will go home and be a servant because at least I'll get fed. At least I'll have a roof over my head. So he goes home with his little speech prepared, but the father won't have it. As soon as he comes back, the father throws his arms around him and says, Son, you belong. You belong. This is your place. You see, 
And that's what the Holy Spirit does. The Holy Spirit enables us to cry, Abba. And we know we've come home. And so I just encourage you today to let that Abba cry rise up in your heart. Allow the other comforter to comfort you. To remind you, to constantly remind you, no, you're not an orphan. Through Jesus you've been redeemed back into the family. You know, you've not been adopted. You've been redeemed. You see, our Bible uses the word adoption, but it's not a very good word because... You know, I'm, I'm going to Africa next week, I'm going to Uganda, I'm going to meet a lot of orphans. And, you know, their parents may have abandoned them, their parents may have died, and they're left. And maybe another family has adopted them, you know, brought them into that, that, their family. But there's always a yearning in that child's heart for their true family, where they really belong. See, we've not been adopted. We've been brought back by the blood of Jesus into our real family with our real father and so all of us need to experience that homecoming and we all need the holy spirit to remind us hey you're not an orphan you're a son you're not an orphan you're a daughter you belong and you know when you feel that sense of restlessness and that sense of you know, not having an identity, not knowing, you know, who you really are, feeling your self-worth is attacked. Just stop and say, I'm not an orphan. Holy Spirit, will you fill me once again with that Abba cry so I know who I really am. You see, the root of an uncomforted heart is the orphan heart. And we have the promise of Jesus that says you're no longer orphans. You're children of God. You're sons and daughters. And I want you to take hold of that. And I want you to live in it and believe in it. Because that's the thing that will set you free. Another um, hindrance to receiving comfort, I believe, is pride and independence. That's the fruit of an orphan heart, really. That was the fruit of... um, That's the fruit that Adam and Eve started to reap when they walked out of the garden. Suddenly they were on their own. And because they'd stepped out of that environment of love, they'd stepped out of that dependency on the Father, they'd stepped out of that place of provision and contentment. Suddenly they had to do it all for themselves. And so that that led to independence. But when you have to do something for yourself and you you see that you can actually do something you become proud and then you you become strong in your own strength and what tends to happen and I think this would be the case for many of us if, if we recognize it is when we become proud and when we become independent we begin to view comfort not as something we desperately need but we begin to view comfort as a weakness. And so we push it away. We don't allow ourselves to be comforted. And we say, I can manage. I'm okay. And actually, you're not okay. And everybody can see you're not okay. But, you know, you've got this, you know, we Brits are very good at, you know, this, you know, stiff up a lip. You know, we put on a good front. Yeah, I'm okay. It's all right. And actually, you know you're not. And everybody else knows you're not. But that's... That's the fruit of living in an orphan system, is we become proud and independent and we believe that our our own strengths will get us through. And because no one is is looking out for us, we promote ourselves, you know, and we, we kind of, you know, we want to make ourselves look good. And whenever we make ourselves look good, we always try and make someone else look bad because we're trying to push ourselves up. And whenever we do that, we invariably push other people down. And, you know, we forget what it means to receive. Because if we have to receive, it means we have to rely on other people. And when you're living a proud way of life, when you're living in pride, when you're living in independence, you know, the last thing you want to do 
is rely on someone else because that shows weakness and we can't show weakness because we can't we've got to pretend that everything is okay and that we're self-sufficient and we can do it and this is this is such a big hindrance to receiving comfort because what we're saying is yeah whatever happens in life whatever comes against me however difficult it is however hard it is i can do it myself that's what satan did that's the, the lie of the enemy i can do it i did it my way and of course we can't but we keep trying and this pride this independence becomes a huge blockage to us being comforted um and so I just, I just ask you, you know, surrender your pride, surrender your independence and allow yourself to receive the comfort you need. You know, pride and independence are not as good as they, we think they are. You know, they're, they're just, they're actually a measure of weakness because they're a defence. And Paul said, you know, when I am weak, then I can display his power. When I am weak, I'm strong. And so for us to find that true strength, we have to let go of that self-dependency, that self-sufficiency, and allow ourselves to not see comfort as a weakness, but to see comfort as a strength. And so I just encourage you, you know, let go of that pride, let go of that independence, and walk the pathway of being comforted, living a comfort-filled life. Another Blockage, another hindrance I believe we, we face, and that's, this is a big one, it stops us being comforted, is fear. Fear. Fear is the opposite of love. You know, in the garden, Adam and his wife lived in a perfect environment of love, and then they were pulled out of it by the trick and the lie of Satan. And the first thing Adam says is, I was afraid. I was afraid, so I hid. You see, they've, 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 they've gone from one extreme to the other. They've gone from a life of perfect love to a life of fear. You see, I, I used to think that hate was the opposite of love. But actually, I've come to see that fear is the opposite of love because we read in, in 1 John chapter 4 that perfect love casts out all fear the more we live in love the more fear has to go they cannot live together they cannot live together and the, the problem is we we've lived a life outside of love you know we we've lived an orphan-hearted life and that has given fear plenty of room to grow and we see the effects of it in our own life, we see the effects of it in our family, we see the effects of it in our communities, we see the effects of it in our society. We're a fear-ridden society. But the more you and I live in love, the more fear goes. Light and dark cannot live together. And when we turn on the light of God's love, Fear doesn't go and hide in a corner like a little black bob, blob. <laughs> Fear goes. It is driven out of your life. And so I think all of us can recognise in our heart areas of fear. And I just encourage you to bring those to the Father now and say, Father, these are my fears. And I want to say to you, don't be embarrassed by them. However big or small you think they are, they are your fears. And they are real to you. You know, don't, don't worry what other people might think about them. This is just between you and the Father. And I just encourage you to bring those fears to the Father now. And say, Father, these are my fears. Would you just wash them away by your love? Would you let your love to take root in my heart so these fears have to go? You see, we, we're frightened of... Sometimes when we talk about fear, sometimes we talk about this, we're, we're kind of worried, you know, what's going to come out of my heart? when we start to expose them. But, you know, the Father doesn't expose anything to condemn. He brings it to the light in order to set us free. And so sometimes we have this fear of, of stuff in our heart and we're worried about what's in our heart and we don't want it to show, particularly to other people. You know, we don't want ourselves to, to uh, unravel, uh, um, you know, in any way because we're just frightened of that. 
and so we kind of bury the fear and so I just want to encourage you to keep on bringing these fears to the Father and say Father this is, this is very real to me but will you take it away will you let your love fill my heart so that I can be free see fear paralyzes fear paralyzes us you know love sets us free but fear holds us in chains and it's very very um, restrictive restraining and the father wants to set you free from that he wants us to live in freedom he doesn't want us to live in fear so I just encourage you today just to bring those fears to the father and say father please by the power of your spirit by the power of your love just wash them away another um, blockage I believe we, we struggle and I think this is a particularly subtle one is we want to be comforted we know we need comfort but we look in the wrong place and so we look for false comforts food, clothes, our jobs our family, our position in life, our finances our friends you know some of these things are okay, they're good but it's the place we give them in our hearts you know sex, drugs, rock and roll the classics, you know, wrong relationships and you know, all of us, come on, let's be real, all of us pursue false comforts. Chocolate, oh, chocolate, coffee, wine, you know, all of these things. And there's nothing wrong with a glass of wine, there's nothing wrong with a cup of coffee, there's nothing wrong with chocolate, but it's the place we give them in our heart. When they take over and they become a false comfort, they become our security, they become like a medicine. You know what medicine's like? You feel bad, so you take some medicine. It makes you feel good for four hours, and then you have to take some more. That's what a false comfort is like. It's like a medicine. You need to keep taking it to feed the desire and the longing in your heart. And again, just like our fears, I want you to bring those false comforts to the Father. You know what they are. I just want you, even now, just to hold them before him and say father these are the things these are the false comforts these are the things I rely on these are the things I seek comfort in and father I just give them to you I release them to you because I don't want to be comforted by them anymore I want to be comforted by your powerful love I want to be comforted by your comforting love and he knows that we need he knows that we rely on these things he knows the place we've given them in our heart. But he also knows that the relief they bring is just temporary. And so I, I just encourage you to give them up today. And allow yourself to be comforted with a comfort that is not false and not temporary. But it's permanent and it's lasting and it will bring change in your heart. See, the more we seek in the wrong place the more we seek false comforts the less we are comfortable and the more we need to be comforted see those false comforts don't satisfy and again I don't want you to beat yourself up about this I don't want you to, to put yourself in condemnation or guilt you know because that's a lie of the enemy that's that lie of condemnation or guilt it will rob you of your peace and it will rob you of your freedom but, you know, just recognize, hey, this thing's got too big a place in my life. You see, and it's a false comfort and I give it up and I want to receive, Father, now the true comfort from you. See, I think once we recognize it and give it up to him, we open ourselves to receive his true comfort. And we stop, we gradually stop or we suddenly stop, the, you know, whatever he does in our hearts, we... We stop seeking these false comforts because they're just they just they're just secular they just you know we go round and round and round the same circle but his comforting love will bring relief in a permanent lasting way to our hearts and so I encourage you to just 
ask him to, to replace those false comforts with the only true comfort, which is his love. Another um, hindrance, I believe, is trauma and grief. You know, we don't allow ourselves to grieve. We, you know, we all suffer loss and, you know, it hits us in different ways, but we, we don't talk about it, we don't face it, um, we don't, we bury it. We pretend it doesn't exist, but yet there's something inside of us that we know is eating us away. And of course, trauma and grief, we haven't got time to go into that in a lot of detail um, today, but grief, grief is, is a deep pain loss, trauma, you know, the loss of a loved one is just an unbearable grief. Um, you know, it's a tragedy. We weren't made for that kind of loss, but we all suffer it. And Jesus said, blessed are those who mourn, for they shall be comforted. And, you know, we bury our loss, we bury our grief, we bury our trauma for many different reasons and when we bring it out into the open when we let it out of our heart it can be deeply painful but it is the doorway to being comforted and I want to encourage you today um, and it might not be possible to do this in this session it might be something you need to do later on might, it might be a process that takes many weeks or many months or even many years and I want to say that's okay that's okay but I want to encourage you to bring your grief and the trauma and loss to the Father and allow him to comfort you because mourning is part of our healing it's important for us that process of mourning which can be painful it's also the process of receiving comfort and if you know there's loss buried away in your life, if you know there's grief buried away in your life, can you be brave enough to bring it to the Father? And you might not feel very brave, but he gives you the grace to be brave. And so I just encourage you to take that step and say, Father, I want to deal with the grief that's in my heart. And as you do, I can guarantee you will be comforted because it's a promise of scripture that's why I can guarantee it because it's a promise another hindrance we experience is is another big one it's the whole area of unforgiveness you know if we're living with unforgiveness in our hearts it's very difficult for our heart to be totally comforted if you read Psalm 130 and I encourage you to do that later it's a psalm of about forgiveness it's a psalm about redemption and you know as we read it we can see the goodness of God that he forgives and he comforts because he loves the story in Matthew 18 of the king who um, lent some money to a servant that can never be repaid you know he'd lost something that he could never get back and sometimes we have to realize that we too have lost something and we have to count the cost and as Jesus says in that passage in Matthew 18, we have to have compassion and pity on the person who's wronged us because we want the guilty to go free. And that's when we can release unforgiveness to people. And when we release unforgiveness, we can be comforted because we're opening our heart up. Instead of holding the guilty person by the throat, we're saying, I let it go. I let that person go. Yes, they're guilty, but I want them to be free. Jack Winter said that bitterness or unforgiveness is a poison pill that we swallow thinking it will kill the other person. You know, and unforgiveness eats us up. You know, the story of David and Bathsheba. He, he sinned. He committed adultery. He lusted after this, this other man's wife. He committed adultery. He had her, her husband killed. And he tried to whitewash it and Nathan the prophet comes to him and, and said, tells him this little story about a man who only had one lamb which was stolen by a man who had a great flock and David is indignant he says who has done this 
and Nathan the prophet says, you're the one. And David's response is, is beautiful. He realises his sin and he repents and he seeks forgiveness from the Father. And he writes that beautiful psalm, Psalm 51, a prayer of repentance, a prayer of, you know, just the brokenness of his own heart. He says, Father, create in me a clean heart. You know, and there are times when we have to forgive other people. And in letting them go, we let something go that opens our heart to be comforted. But there are also times that we need to recognise that we need to repent. And we need to seek forgiveness from the Father. Of course, he's already forgiven us, but we need to come like David, acknowledge our sin and say, Father, create in me a clean heart. Renew a right spirit in me. Cast me not away from your presence. See, in that, that psalm is a psalm of renewal. And it's in those moments that we come like that, that we can be renewed. And in our renewal, we can be comforted. You know, and if you know that's you, just bring that to the Father and say, Father, yeah, I've messed up. I want that heart like David had. If you know you need to forgive someone, just take that before the Father and say, Father, I want the guilty to go free. I don't want to hold them by the throat anymore. I want to forgive them. And just as you do, as you forgive and as you receive forgiveness, you can, you will be comforted. Another blockage, another hindrance, I believe, is a closed or hard heart. You see, unforgiveness leads to a closed heart. And the more we forgive, the more our heart is opened. The more open, the more we can be comforted. And so it's a cycle. The more open our heart is, the easier it is for us to forgive. You see, Ephesians chapter 1, verse 15 to 18, it talks about the eyes of our heart being opened. You know, Paul prays. He says, I pray that the eyes of your heart will be opened. And what he, what he says, and this is my summary of that, that prayer in Ephesians chapter 1. He prays that the eyes of our heart would be opened in order that we would know who God is. And that we would know who we are. And that's what I believe the Father wants us to do. He wants to give us a greater and greater revelation of who he is. And as we see who he is, we see, we come into a knowledge of who we are. Not a knowledge, we come into an experience of who we are. We allow him to father us. We allow him to be a father to us. And so we, we have this greater revelation, this greater awareness that we're sons and daughters. And instead of seeing what he does, just what he does, we see who he is. See, when we have that real heart connection with the Father, when our heart is opened, we see beyond the deeds that God does and we see the person who he is. And a closed heart cannot see who he is. It can only see what he does. And the more our heart is opened, the more we see who he is. Romans 5 verse 5 says, God pours his love into our hearts by the Holy Spirit. You know, he transforms our heart with love. And it's our heart that begins the process of our mind being renewed. He doesn't pour his love into our minds. He pours his love into our hearts. You know, when Jesus met the woman at the well in John chapter 4, he appealed to her heart. Let me give you a drink. Let me give you a drink of living water that will satisfy you forever. See, we close our heart to protect it because we we've been wounded and we don't want to be wounded again. So we close our hearts. We think we're protecting it, but actually we're not. We're just keeping a whole load of rubbish in. And the Father wants to release that heart and release that rubbish, take that rubbish away. And as we open our heart up, so we can allow his comforting love to fill us. Job says at the end of the, his, the book of Job, my ears have heard of you, but now my eyes have seen you. Yeah, I believe he's had an encounter with God where it's gone from facts and knowledge to a heart encounter with the living God. And that's what he wants to do with each one of us, is take us beyond 
a knowledge of facts but take us to a hard experience and when we have that hard experience we can be comforted our heart can be open to receive comfort and the final hindrance I want to talk about briefly is, is shame you know shame basically prevents us from finding that place of contentment because we're always striving because we always think there's something more I have to do something more I have to have or something more I have to become shame is the outworking of the orphan heart you know it says in Genesis they were naked and unashamed the implication is that after the fall they covered themselves because they were ashamed and we live under the fig leaves of shame and the father wants to say to you there is nothing more you have to do there is nothing more you have to have there is nothing more you have to become because I've done it all through Jesus you are my son you are my daughter you by the power of the Holy Spirit by the comforting love of the Holy Spirit you can cry Abba you can know that you've come home and so I just want to spend a few moments just praying and maybe in these few moments bring these things that we've been talking about bring them to the Father hold them in an open hand before him and say Father this is my fear this is my sin this is my this is who I need to forgive this is my shame bring them before him and say Father I give them to you and I want to be comforted by your love I want to be comforted by the power of your Holy Spirit you know whatever it is whatever you see in your heart those things of orphanness just bring them before him all of that pride, all of that independence, just hold it in your hands and say, Father, this, this is me. This is who I am. But I want you to take it away so that I can step into my true identity as a son or a daughter. All your fears, all your grief, all your trauma, just bring it to him and say, Father, this is what I'm carrying in my heart. Will you wash it away? So, Father, we thank you we thank you for your comforting love. Thank you for your comforting love. And Father, would you come to each one of us now, those of us watching live and those of us who are watching later, would you come and would you comfort us? Father, pour your comfort into our heart. Father, you know those things that we've brought out of our heart to you today whether they're fears or whether they is grief or whether it's trauma whether it's areas of pride and striving areas of shame father you know you know you know what we're holding in our hands and it is your greatest desire to bring relief from pain distress and affliction and father i just simply ask that for my brothers and sisters right now in this moment you will relieve them of their pain you will relieve them of their distress you will relieve them of that affliction that they struggle with and that they carry father you would lift weights out of people's hearts right now but father as your comfort comes those weights that heaviness will go father all those false comforts we we drive them out. We say we no longer want to take medicine, but we, we want the pure, unadulterated, comforting love. Father, we surrender those false comforts to you. We repent of our reliance on them, Father. And we come to you, the true comforter. And we thank you that your comforting love always satisfies. That your comforting love permanently satisfies. And it's your comforting love that brings us to that place of contentment. And so, Father, I pray for each person. 
that they would be brought to a deeper level of contentment, a deeper place of contentment. In their hearts, Father, right now, they would feel and experience that sense of peace and rest. The striving would cease and the joy would flow. Father, I pray for real miracles to be done in people's hearts. Miracles of comfort, miracles of release, miracles of freedom, Father, that you would bring us into freedom. Thank you, Father. Just take a few moments just to rest in his presence. Let him comfort you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you for joining us. My prayer is that you go on being comforted. As we surrender these hindrances to him, we will go on being comforted. So bless you. Thank you for joining us. And uh, really look forward to seeing you all again in two weeks' time. If you remember next week to pray for Barry in Finland and myself in Uganda, we'd, we'd both really appreciate and value that. But uh, bless you. Thank you. And uh, just look forward to being back again in two weeks' time.